0: Sound Prince Audio Magazine, a production of the Kentucky Council of the Blind. Sound Prince is underwritten by the American Printing House for the Blind and the Louisville Downtown Lions Club. I'm Carla Rushaville. I'm your host for this week's magazine. This is Sound Prince for the week of July 12, 2015. We just spent a fabulous week at the 54th Annual Conference and Convention of the American Council of the Blind in Dallas, Texas, Over 250 workshops, seminars, affiliate programs, ACB General Sessions, tours, receptions, focus groups, and social events, along with a great exhibit hall, kept everyone busy, busy, busy from early in the morning to late at night. We hope that you were either there in person or that you listened in to the live and delayed broadcasts sent your way over ACB Radio. This week, we're going to bring you some of the events that we were able to record at the convention, most of which were not broadcast over ACB radio. On page 2, we take you behind the scene to meet Leonard Bulware. Probably most of you have never heard that name before. Leonard is the official ACB convention photographer, and we think you will very much enjoy hearing from him. Leonard is from right here in Louisville, Kentucky and his business is called Starlight Photos. Leonard began taking pictures of ACB convention events in 2008, when ACB was here in Louisville at the Galt House, and he's been with us ever since. We discovered that Leonard is a huge UofL Cardinal fan, and so he, Adam, and I spent a long time discussing of L basketball and football after we finished the Sound Prince interview. ACB Families had a packed house for its breakfast on Wednesday morning in Dallas. It was so popular that the event was sold out by about mid-June on the pre-registration. The program for the breakfast was entitled The House That Tech Built, and the speaker was Neva Fairchild from the American Foundation for the Blind. AFB has created Esther's Place— It contains hundreds of accessible features, designed especially for people who are blind or visually impaired. There were two tours to Esther's place during the convention, but Neva brought information about this intriguing residence to ACB families. Her remarks are on page 3. ACB always invites a talking book narrator to speak to the general session. Usually this happens on Wednesday morning during convention week, and it is broadcast live and replayed on ACB Radio. What you do not hear out there in ACB Radio land is a smaller, more personal session with a narrator sponsored by the Library Users of America and the Braille Revival League. This happens on Wednesday afternoon, and attendees have a chance to meet and talk with the narrator. On page 4, we bring you remarks from Joe Wilson, this year's narrator, At the Lua BRL session. The calendar is usually the last page in each week's sound prints, but not so this week. You'll find the calendar on page five, but there's also a page six. Jeff Tom from California was the master of ceremonies at the ACB banquet on Friday evening. Two major awards were presented by the chair of the ACB Awards Committee, Shelley Hart from South Dakota, and we have a special page six with excerpts from those presentations. Following the award, Shelley concludes her remarks and this week's sound prints with a wonderful poem about how we can all make a difference. Page two. I'm sitting in Dallas outside the Austin Ballroom following the acb banquet on friday evening july 10 and with me is leonard bulware who is the photographer for the american council of the blind conventions leonard first joined us as a photographer in 2008 at the louisville convention and he's been coming to take pictures of us and and, uh, have fun and and just enjoy and provide lots of pictures ever since and leonard we're so glad to have you
1: Well, thank you, Carla. I've enjoyed my ride here with the ACB. You're a lively group, uh, (laughs) great people. Um, I've enjoyed working with you.
0: Well, we sure have had a great time this year. This year, and uh, this year had a new little wrinkle. In the past, when when we first started, uh, I think that first year was pretty hectic. You came in, and we said, "Oh, Leonard, here's the program. Go take pictures of whatever you think is interesting," and and um, they had a little bit of of. Uh, oh, this would be a good thing to to shoot or that would be a good thing to shoot, but we were so busy in Louisville and were had so many things going on that that had to be chaotic for you.
1: Well, I will tell you Carla that um, the ACB convention is one of the most active conventions that I shoot i've uh, within the past two months I've been to Vegas uh, minneapolis. Uh, I'm gonna be in Chicago next week uh, and you guys just run me ragged <laughs> I, you you know i've you have so many things to do that to pick out uh, one you know it's just it's just hard to do i I try to uh, every year do something different that I didn't do last year
0: well you sure did this year we um We've had a Facebook page for a couple of years. People that listen to Soundprints have heard us talking about the Facebook page and the growth of the page. But this year, along about, what, Tuesday? Tuesday. Yeah, you came along and you said, well, I could be uploading some of these pictures to the Facebook page. And so you started going around taking pictures and and um, and loading up some of those pictures for people out there to enjoy. And I'm going to tell you, they've been getting lots of comments and they've been reaching lots of people. And um, it's not just been the formal photographs. But it's been the fun things. Like today, you had the what did you call it? It was the super
1: superlatives.
0: Yeah. Oh yes. And so you know there was the uh, the best dressed couple and the the one that was the most fun and oh, there were several different uh, categories. The most athletic couple and um, you know, the, and you were just going around the ballroom taking pictures of these people and it was it was just really cool. And you've had so many good things. So tell us. What do you consider to be, um, what would be for you just the, the a couple of the most fun things that you've that you've uh, had, you know, taken pictures of this week?
1: Well, um, you know. Or I'll
0: say the most fun or the most memorable.
1: Well, I mean, and that can go hand-in-hand, hand, fun and memorable for mm-hmm. me. I, mm-hmm. You know, th- there's so much. Uh, you know, I see people at this convention I don't see but once a year so i'd have to say that that is memorable for me i've i 've uh, met a few friends in this organization that I enjoy seeing uh every year mm-hmm. but you you do you had the holocaust Museum which was um, you know very compelling uh, a ninety three year old holocaust survivor that was there doing a presentation and and you had a really nice um, museum that that really catered to people that see you through their hands. They had a nice tactile uh, display that, you know, artifacts and whatnot. Mm-hmm. But um, I mean, it, it's hard to, you know, you had several good speakers. Uh, the the barefooted lawyer, I thought he was, I was sitting oh. on the edge of my seat. I'm supposed to be taking pictures and I'm drawn into his his life story of, of uh, escape from his, the camp that he was in and mm-hmm. Broken foot, and I mean I think everybody was like waiting to see just how he got out of you know his situation, but there you know there's just so many people that you bring in uh, interesting people every year that it's hard to say one thing is is is, is more interesting than another mm-hmm. it's, it's just usually a, a full five days of interesting activities
0: mm-hmm. well, we sure enjoy you coming and 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 taking all those photos every year and and it's not for the people back home people out there on acb radio who who say oh well you know a few pictures it's not just a few pictures uh it it turns out to be you know a couple thousand shots um i mean it's just an enormous amount of of material of, of a it's it's a photographic history of, of the convention, and it's wonderful, Leonard, and we're just so thank grateful you. that you come and, and, you. And, and continue to be a part of us.
1: I because plan you, on it.
0: Yeah, you have become a part of ACB. It's not it's not just, oh, I show up to take pictures once a year. It's like, oh, here I am, friends back with friends again. So.
1: Well, that's how I feel anyway. Yeah.
0: yeah. Well, thank you very much.
1: Well, thank you, Carla. Page 4.
2: Good morning, everyone. Can you hear me okay?
3: Yeah.
2: Okay. Well, I want to see how much you've learned since you've been in Dallas.
3: <clears throat> if,
2: if you've been here since the third of July, you should know what to say when I say howdy y'all. Howdy y'all. Good morning. I'm so pleased to be here. Thank you so much to ACB Families, Um affiliate for inviting me to speak to you about tools and access. How many of you have experienced difficulty with accessing some aspect of life? Yeah. In the last five minutes. Okay. Well, now the plate of food was pretty easy wasn't it it was a good breakfast I enjoyed mine very much I don't know what kind of muffins they are but boy those are good (laughs) (laughs) Ah, blueberry that's what that was okay Hmm. I thought I didn't like blueberry muffins how about that first of all let me tell you a little bit about my background so that you know I'm not just some local Yahoo up here talking about (laughs) something that isn't real Um. I I have a master's degree in rehabilitation counseling psychology um, which means I can sit and listen to you.
3: Um,
2: And I spent 15 years, a little over 15 years with the state of Texas as a rehabilitation counselor for the state agency for the blind and then for 10 years as an access technology um, specialist helping people who wanted to go to work their employers and their counselors to figure out what the right tools were for that situation and uh, it's fascinating because never never the same situation twice because as you all know your vision is not like my vision is not like the next person's vision even if we have the same diagnosis even if we have the same visual acuity even if we use the same aids we're all unique. Are we not? Absolutely. And oftentimes it's hard to express how unique we are um, by the tools that we use being the same as someone else's. It seems like it ought to be all cookie cutter. This works. This is what you're going to do. But I have found that not to be the case. I bet you have experienced that too in your own home, in your work, in your schooling, that what you do to make things work is slightly different from the next person. Yeah. And the point is we all have to figure out what works for us, right? right. <coughs> Part of that is building a toolbox that fits your needs. Alright, so if you can use a handheld magnifier to read anything, I don't care if it's just the size tag while you're shopping for clothes, if you can use a magnifier, then by golly, it ought to be in your toolkit. Okay? And even if you can't use that same magnifier to read War and Peace, it's still a useful tool. All right? So <clears throat> let's think about the tools that should be in your toolkit alright something to enhance the remaining vision that you have is important whether that is an optical aid like a magnifier or even an electronic magnifier like a like a handheld portable video magnifier or even a desktop video magnifier or it could be something like um, contrast enhancing um, sunglasses that help you to see the sidewalk as opposed to the grass when you're outside. That's an optical aid, okay? Um, You may not need them all the time. You may not only need them on bright, sunny days, on cloudy days. You may not need them at all. You may not need any kind of an optical aid, but if you do, it should be in your toolkit. And the best place to find out what works best for you and what allows you to maximize your residual vision is a low vision specialist. Right? Yes. Ophthalmologists and optometrists who are specially trained in the tools that will help you to use what you have to its maximum potential. And that's what you want to do. Now, those of you who are sitting in the room thinking, yeah, 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 Neva, that's real nice, but I don't have any remaining vision. Get on with it. Okay, I will. <laughs> so, <clears throat> Tools to help you when you can't use your remaining vision to do a task. Like um, mobility. Okay. okay. Um, which kind of cane is best for you? It's, it's finding the fit for the situation. I have a, a, a whole handful of canes at home. They live in my closet most of the time because typically I travel with a seeing eye dog. But there are days, like today, when I can't because he had uh, an important appointment with the vet. And I didn't want to reschedule it. And so I have to dust off the cane and polish up my skills and get out there and use it. If you don't feel like you're safe or confident to move from point A to point B, you're living a limited life that you don't have to live. And so if you're thinking, well, I have the cane skills I need to, oh, go to the mailbox, and, and I have the cane skills I need to get around in an unfamiliar um, hotel, like for the ACB conference.
3: Um,
2: but no, no, I'm not going to get out there and jump on a, a train and get on a plane and go somewhere, you're living a limited life. You don't have to live. And so, having those mobility skills in your in your toolkit and the right tools, um, like the brand new cane I got from Leslie the other day, which I'm using today, because you're not going to bring your old ratty canes to the ACB conference, right? right, right. <laughs> so then <clears throat> what other aspects of life do you need in your uh, tools for? You need tools for reading and writing, yes. right? So there are different situations when you need to read and write. If you're at home and you've got an adapted computer, you're in great shape, right? Right. It reads whatever's on the screen to you aloud, or it displays it on a refreshable Braille display. Um, Or you need to write an email, or you need to write a, a letter, a document. You've got the way to create it. What if you don't have a laptop computer? What are you going to do when you're away from that, that home iPad, computer? iPad. iPad you, better, you better have something, right? iPad. Exactly. The world has really exploded in accessible communication devices in the last few years, hasn't it? Yes. But I would be willing to bet that among you, and you don't have to say so, I'm not going to point you out, I bet there's a few holdouts. I bet there's a few of their I'm not giving up my old flip phone. I'm not doing it. I don't get it. I don't want it.
0: How the heck are you
2: going to use a phone with no buttons anyway? Okay. And fair enough. Okay. Not everybody needs a smartphone. And and I do have to say that it's not just iPhones that are usable. Um, the Android world is, is a viable option and oftentimes a less expensive option. Now is it as common? No. But do we all have to take the same path? No. no. Of course not. So <clears throat> don't don't count yourself out on smartphones just because an iPhone doesn't appeal to you or an iPad or an iPod touch but Know that being able to read something and write something when you're away from your home computing system is an important aspect of your toolbox. Okay? What about those of you in the room who are not Braille readers? Not all of us were fortunate enough to learn Braille as kids, right? Right. Okay? I learned in my 40s. (laughs) <laughs> um, that, that was more than a day ago, I promise. And I, I encourage those of you who are, who are not Braille readers to think about learning enough Braille to be dangerous. Okay? Enough Braille to play skip bow with your family only requires ten characters of the alphabet. About five minutes. Okay. Now, can you learn 10 characters of of anything? Sure you can. Expand that to a few more characters and you can play poker with the boys. (laughs) (laughs) Because there are accessible poker chips. Did you know that?
3: Really? There are.
2: I learned that when my mother was was declining um, uh, cognitively. Uh, Poker was the first card game she taught me as a kid. And we have always enjoyed playing poker, and so to play poker I had to be able to have chips that I could access so I could lose. <laughs> so learning enough Braille so you could read an elevator, so you could read a, um, a phone number you jotted down, so you could play a card game, so you could get involved socially. And these are all, you know, low-tech solutions to to issues that we all encounter. And a part of the toolkit also needs to be a way for you to keep organized, right? And to manage your home life. So how many of you can set, well, can... can Figure out what the temperature in the house is. Set the temperature to what you want, and know that it did it. How many of you can do that? Yes. Okay. That's a pretty small number in this big old room. Okay.
0: No, we don't have that. I'm sorry.
2: No, thank you, though, Karen. I appreciate it. Um, I want you to know that it's possible. You do not have to wonder is it hot in here or is it me? You can know what the temperature in your house is and you can change that temperature with the right tools. They exist. That's the point. You have to know what exists and to do that you have to wonder is there a better way for me to do this and if there is how do I find out about it? If you go to Walmart and you ask the kid that's uh, checking to make sure you're not bringing in counterfeit uh, you know, uh, apparel to exchange, if you ask them, hey, I, uh, I'm blind, and I need a new thermostat that I can use independently, are they going to know? No. no. Of course not. If, I, if you tell them, hey, I can't read my uh, newspaper anymore, are they going to know? Are they, I need something to help me read my newspaper. Are they going to no. know? No. no. So where do you have to go? You have to go to resources like the event you're at now in the exhibit hall to expand your horizons and expand the possibilities that you know. You have to reach out to resources like American Foundation for the Blind where I work for our directory of services and our product database and our online publication access world to find out what's out there and what's possible and what works well and what doesn't work so well. Because I don't know about y'all, I don't have money to invest in things that don't work well for me. Do y'all? I don't have two or three hundred or two or three thousand to plunk down on a piece of equipment that might help me. I need to know it's gonna help me. So reach out, find those resources, use the resources you've developed here and the network you're developing here at this conference to learn from one another and fill your toolkit with all of the tools that you need to access your world as effectively and as efficiently as possible here's the the bottom line it's not easy it's a lot of hard work the only place that the word success comes before work is in the dictionary. So you're gonna have to work hard to be successful at accessing life and if I can ever be of help to you I hope you will reach out to me at the Center on Vision Loss here in Dallas. American Foundation for the Blind has online resources but we also have human resources AFB.org is six little letters that every one of you can remember, and you can find me at AFB.org. And I thank you so much for having me here this morning, and I hope that you will work hard to access your world as successfully as possible. Thank you. I have a door prize. I didn't know y'all were doing door prizes today, or I would have brought it with me. So. You have to trust me that I'm going to send this book to you. It's a book of quotes by Helen Keller. Helen Keller helped to create American Foundation for the Blind back in 1921. We're almost 100 years old now. And Bravo. I'm going to... I'm sorry? Bravo, that means okay. oh. <laughs> So I'm going to send the winner of this door prize a copy of uh, Helen Keller's quotes.
1: Number 29.
0: Oh, I got it. Yay. All, All right. right. Yay. All okay. right. So afterwards, right. come up to the head
2: table and okay. give me your name and address.
0: Okay. Thank you. Page four. As you
4: can see, we are a merry a group of men and women here today. <laughs> Joint presentation for our second section of each organization. This one I mean, we are just walking the edge of everything, right? Those of you who are here as members of Braille Revival League, Braille's not in the first session. I mean, we're going to be talking talking books, but we know you enjoy those books too. Just because one reads Braille doesn't mean one stops listening to books as well, right? So we're glad to have uh, our speaker from the general program here to join us for a little more intimate conversation with y'all.
5: Y'all. Yeah. And you are.
4: You adjusted quickly, step. didn't you?
3: Uh, <laughs> and, and,
4: and it happens. It's one of those things that sneak on you from the eye and you see the portable mic. Anyway, so we're first going to hear from Joe. So, without further ado, realizing that we're already eleven minutes late, like so was the general session, right? Yeah. right? That we are going to go on with the program and I'm going to ask the NLS narrator, who was introduced earlier to, to you today. So I don't have to reintroduce Joe, just welcome to the podium our friend, John.
5: Great, thanks for that kind introduction, Brian. Um, yeah, I'm still Joe Wilson. <laughs>
3: <laughs>
5: still awfully glad to be here. And... Um, and look forward to an opportunity to find out how we can improve what we do for you uh, within the range of our possibilities. Um, The very last thing in the general session, Kim spoke about her studio experiences and how she could not record books onto tape from braille because of the sound her finger made on the page. And, and, you know, it struck me that that so paralyzes, paralyzes, parallels what um, the experiences we have <laughs> as sighted readers, because we're sitting down, we've got a microphone, we've got a lectern, and the page turn noises cannot go on the tape. I say tape, it's all digital. Now, I'm sure some of them do sometimes, but Things like that um, will drive us crazy, Um, because it seems like sometimes the library wants us to sound as robotic as possible. Your your points are as well taken. I, for instance, use a nook. But sometimes the simple act of sliding your finger across the screen will get picked up by the microphone. Um, Shifting in your chair. Uh, good, good, good <laughs> job. It's, it's just very surprising. How do you how do you isolate the sound of turning the page? Well, what I usual what I usually do in those sources where we're involved in actual pages, I will stop at the previous end of sentence, uh, which is to say, I'll read up to and including the last sentence on the previous mm-hmm. page. Get those next few words in my head.
3: Mm-hmm.
5: Say them. Uh, turn the page and then carry on. I'm not describing that very well. No, we
3: get. No, I understand. get it. Yeah. yeah. Yeah.
5: You give
4: enough space between the end of one page and the next, yeah. so that uh, so that the editor has a chance of pulling that page turn noise out. Right. And uh, but the other thing, I mean, clearly, if you if you stop, turn the page, um, and then and uh, and and just leave sort of a second between exactly. um, between what you're doing and the readings it can easily be edited out exactly right, right.
5: Well, we got people to do that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, it's, it's my That's job to I keep mean. them working as well, <laughs> making the occasional well, mistake. So, the people in India, right? Uh, yeah. Yes. Yeah. We, we outsource those to, uh, to Aurora. <laughs> it is interesting now that we have uh, other sources of, of uh, books other than NLS reading, we're getting a, a sort of a sense of what, uh, what the difference is. So, for example, uh, if an NLS reader is reading something that's supposed to be a song within the text of a book, mm-hmm. the NLS reader will just read it, whereas an audible or a passette, sometimes they'll actually try to sing it. No, sometimes the NLS people don't sing so it too. Think. We, in, in talking books, we are strictly prohibited. Drives me nuts. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you, Happy
4: birthday to you. Birthday to you, birthday to you. That's what we've got to do. That, that is the NLS current standard for lyrics contained within the body of any work.
1: Anyway. It wasn't always that way. No, it was not always that way. But that is the current
6: policy Sometimes I love a book, like when Martha Harmon does Scottish, I mean, I love that. Yep. But I guess you couldn't name the name of the person who did Irish, I didn't think did a good job. I, <laughs> and it was very distracting, but do they tell you now to read very slowly and pause between sentences? Because it seems like you have to speed people up these days. Yeah. Yeah. In the industry might usually speed to three or
5: something.
6: Right. But now it doesn't change the picture
5: Oh, is that right? Yeah, we do,
4: we do digital compression, so when we play it, it keeps the pinch of your voice the same, but compresses by taking um, white space, if you will, sure. out of between things, including uh, not only that, but changing the sampling rate as well. So when you do the kind of narration that, that you do, it's the narrator.
6: Okay. But Joe, in the old days, I mean, when you think about the, the the things they make, the hoops they make you jump through, I mean, there were a lot of recordings from recordings to the Blind where the person was reading with their mouth full, or
3: this was volunteer.
6: A but those weren't talking. <laughs> 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 and
3: so so getting back to Joe here. Please. I
4: want you to suggest, suggest that, oh, I love this kind of dialogue. But, yeah, back uh, There's a lot of us who've been reading talking books for a lot of years, a lot of years, and have seen different media come and go during that. That time, I think it's absolutely true that we've got to the point now where we're spoiled by what modern engineering can do that limits our willingness, quite honestly, to listen to stuff. It's like old-time radio. If you love it. That's part of the ambiance, right? Right. If you don't like it, and you and you don't like hearing somebody say. Well,
3: and, I'm here to watch bus because... <laughs> <laughs> well, that's I'm
4: going to make it for you. And In an organization like NLS and, and with the standards that you can get these things, they choose to go the way they did. Some of the things I do find interesting between modern development of things is the use of, because we are now, what, what they say, we're, we're getting 2,000 commercial audio books and 3,000... NLS producer produced books? No,
3: 2,000. Is it 2001 and at 1,000. Right,
4: for a total of 3,000. Mm-hmm. That there are effects that somebody like uh, Audible will put in that NLS does not. Examples would be musical transitions mm-hmm. and, and those kind of things. I personally don't like those. There's the guy who's in the tower announcing the next flight and those kind of effects. that they're putting in which my wife loves and I find distracting and all that's clearly caused me to think that a good book needs to be the flat that you're referring to I've been
5: taught to like that then my job is done (laughs) (laughs) uh, I've I've got to go back and address uh, the lady uh, who asked about the accents Martha is wonderful with those accents She can, you know, Dublin and Edinburgh, oh, Belfast and, and and County Cork. She
3: yeah, she's
5: she's great with that stuff. Um, I can't help thinking that uh, the Irish accent accusation may have been aimed at me.
3: No, uh, <laughs> okay, it was Marvin well, Smith. I'll say
5: it. <laughs> no, it Th- wasn't bell. But I had uh, a series of contemporary Irish. Uh, uh, Crime Noir, present day, after the troubles, crime in Belfast. Dublin. And I could not take the time. I I know that sounds awful, but if we're doing 1,500 pages across four books, I can't differentiate between County Cork and Belfast. So Belfast (laughs) and Dublin. For me, it's going to be a generic, it's not going to be, you know, like the Irish, uh, magically delicious type Irish, but it's going to be just default Irish. And like Brian spoke of, I'm just, my theory is put it out there essentially flat, let the reader, let the auditor add the color and the imagination to stuff like that. I do try to differentiate between, oh, I don't know, uh, Tallahassee and
3: Dublin. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Is <laughs> there well, I have a related follow-up
5: question to that. And that is, does NOS or do the contractors for NOS, if they've got a book featuring, for example, British characters or Irish characters or something, do they reach out to uh, individuals who are from those countries so that they can more accurately portray the accents? Uh, that we imagine might be uh, voiced by the characters in the book, not to my knowledge. So, yeah.
6: answer is sometimes. That whoever read uh, Doug Chiesky's books and that, I mean, the Russian books, it sounded like it might be somebody that had that
3: type of like, <coughs> you know.
5: There, there,
4: there, there is some effort to do that. You know, I think that... Um, I think Judy's in the room, right, Judy? Mm-hmm. Yes, so I have an NLS in the corner, see. So we can say NLS this and that, but Judy can tell us the official answer. NLS
2: is aware of which
5: Who, who work for Audible. It's my understanding they have a basement studio and they go down and they, they've got egg crates taped to their, you know,
3: <laughs> to the bottom of their <laughs> stairs and, you know, things like that.
5: And they'll go down in the in the morning and record 20 or 30 minutes go up and feed the dog, yada, yada. And and they don't appear to be on a timetable. It appears to be an independent contractor deal. And then they review it themselves. Paul may have better insight to this than I do. But I think it's a totally different operation. For us, it's, 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 it's factory work. I go in and I punch the clock, literally. And I go into the booth and I read for four hours. I take a half-hour lunch, and I read for four more hours. Wow. That's uh, pretty tough. because you get tired. You get tired. So, mm-hmm. uh, There's a gentleman over here. Yeah, I was just—I'll just comment on what you just said. Going four hours, half-hour lunch, and four hours. Having done what you do for a living, uh, you get tired and start making mistakes. Oh, absolutely. And and that's why. I'm impressed with 8 hours. I could never go beyond 4 or 5 hours. Mm -hmm. Uh, Yeah, our monitors, they're the people that sit on the other side of the glass with another copy of the book. Uh, They're like first line editors. They are invaluable. Um, And it's an interesting relationship that you end up developing with those people. Um, There's a shorthand that develops. One of my particular quirks is transposing words. Uh, I'll just flip them in position. I'm sure you know what I'm talking about. If you Indeed don't. I do. Uh, it's a lot different than doing 30-second spots for radio.
3: Uh,
5: so, uh, yeah, and, and if, if it's a lousy book or one well, that you have no feeling for, that's when you know you really start to earn your money. <laughs> but, uh, there's uh, so, Yes, sir? So, basically, uh, do they stop you if they feel you're not delivering appropriately.
3: <laughs>
5: Stylistic issues are very touchy. They mm-hmm. rarely do that. That will go back to the studio head. What they will do is if I say, neither, but I've been saying neither mm-hmm. all the rest of the book. Mm-hmm. Things like that. Or if I just, sometimes
3: I'll just I'll get tired and I'll just start rewriting this stuff because I (laughs) don't (laughs) know. It's not a big brown dog, it's a large brown dog. (laughs) (laughs) That's what
5: they'll stop us on.
3: Will they let that go? No.
5: No, they will not let that go. We've got to be word perfect. They'll stop us for for wrong words, transposed words. the gentleman mentioned burps. Any other bodily functions? <laughs> um, and mispronunciations. Yes, sir, with your hand up? Uh, I, um, I uh, just wanted to, to say that uh, uh, I actually have a comment on this. I'm, I'm a very active ham radio operator, and I want to thank you so much for reading QST magazine. I look forward to it every month. It's fantastic. And... What I was going to say was that, you know, Jake Williams read QST for years and years, mm-hmm. and there were only two mispronunciations
3: <laughs> that I ever heard
5: him him make. One of them was the word multimeter. He would say multimeter. <laughs> <laughs> and, the, and the other, there is no way that you guys would know. It's T-A-P-R. You may remember that acronym from Tapper. reading QST. It's yeah. Tapper, and he said taper. There's, right. there's no way he would know that. But uh, I, just, I just want to personally thank you for producing that magazine each month, for recording it, because I, I, I eagerly look forward to it. Thank you so much. It, that means a great deal to me. As you know, as you said, Jake was in that magazine for well over 20 years, long enough to the point that the magazine itself had a story about Jake in it. Yes, yes it did. And it's a challenging magazine to do because of yes, the technical right. aspects, mm-hmm. and if, for those of you who may not have heard the magazine, there are you know, occasionally, everyday time, day-to-month, <laughs> there are tables, endless tables, of numbers and call signs. Yep. And these are very important to the hams, it's, it's mm-hmm. called making the box. And if you make the box, gosh darn it, you want to hear your call sign and your your DX score. Yep. Letter perfect.
4: But, uh, Joe, I want to thank you so much for giving us a great deal of time and been very candid with us and had fun with us. I hope you take some of this back and, and use it when you when you read into that microphone. Remember there's all of these people on the other yes. side of that yes. microphone enjoying the quality of their work.
5: It, it just, in in conclusion, it really is reinvigorating to come and meet you folks face to face and know that there is somebody out there listening and that what we're doing makes a
3: difference.
0: Page five, the Sound Prince calendar. Unless otherwise indicated, you can join conference calls listed on this calendar by dialing six zero five. Four seven five six zero zero six and entering code 294444. Bluegrass Council of the Blind Activities are held at their office unless otherwise indicated. The office address is 1093 South Broadway, Suite 1230 in Lexington, and their phone number is 859-259-1834. Greater Louisville Council of the Blind Activities are held at the United Crescent Hill Ministries 150 South State Street in Louisville. The number to call to sign up for GLCB activities or for more information about GLCB programs is 502-895-4598. On July 18, the American Printing House for the Blind invites young people ages 8 to 14 to a workshop called Braille for the Sighted, a workshop for young people. It's 10.30 a.m. to 12.30 p.m. at the APH Museum. You'll learn more about the basics of Braille and practice writing Braille on a slate and a Braille writer. Advanced students will learn about Braille contractions, whole word signs, and more. For more information and to register, call the museum at 502-899-2213. On July 20, the KCB Board will meet at 8 p.m. on the conference line. On July 22, the Bluegrass Council of the Blind will hold its next VIP meeting from 12 noon to 2 p.m. at the BCB office in Lexington. The topic this time is self-advocacy, and the discussion leader is Carla Reshevel from the Kentucky Council of the Blind. RSVP by calling the Bluegrass Council at 859-259-1834. On july twenty fourth, the statewide rehabilitation council will hold its quarterly meeting at the McDowell Center, eighty four twelve Westport Road in Louisville. The committees begin meeting at nine thirty in the morning and the meeting of the entire council begins about eleven o'clock, and meetings conclude between two and two hundred thirty in the afternoon. For more information, contact Jennifer Wright, the staff liaison for the Statewide Rehabilitation Council by calling 502-564-4754. On July 24, the Greater Louisville Council of the Blind invites you to our next Friday event. From 3.30 to 6, we will have education and technology activities including Growing Your Family Tree, Tech Tips and Support for Eye Devices, Brown Note Apex and more, Handwriting, tips for people just losing their vision, and a general group discussion topic. From 6 to 7, there will be dinner, and it's $5 per person. Beginning at 7 p.m., we'll play bingo, have cards and crafts available. For more information, contact GLCB at 502-895-4598. On July 25, the KCB Next Generation invites people 40 and under to a pool party from 11 a.m. to 3 p.m. It's at 810 Washburn Avenue, Unit 40 in Louisville. Visually impaired people under 40 and family members are invited. For more information, contact Amanda Selm at 502-750-1774 or email her at eight 87 at gmail.com, RSVP by July 22. On July 25, the American Printing House for the Blind will hold its next film festival, 1230 to 3 p.m. at the APH Museum. The museum will be showing a documentary film about blindness followed by moderated discussion. It's free, but registration is required for older children and adults. Register by calling 502 899 2213. On July twenty-six, ACB families will be holding their next monthly conference call meeting at 9 p.m. Call KCB at 502-895-4598 for more information. On July twenty-seven, the Bluegrass Council of the Blind will hold its next community outing at 12 noon at the Joseph Beth Booksellers, 161 Lexington Green Circle in Lexington. Lunch at Bronte, Bistro, inside the bookstore, will be followed by shopping if desired. RSVP is required. Call the Bluegrass office to sign up. Also on May 27, the Guide Dog Users of Kentucky will hold its next membership conference call at 7 p.m. on the conference line. On July 31, the Greater Louisville Council of the Blind and the Tri-State Library users will be holding the usual Friday activities as well as a special library users program. From 3.30 to 6 will be the education and technology, 6 to 7 is uh, dinner, and 7 to 10 is games and crafts. The library program will take place at 5 p.m. For more information call GLCB at 502-895-4598. Looking ahead to August, On August 2, the GLCB Committee Meeting Night will take place. The Advocacy Committee will meet at 7 p.m., Education and Technology at 8, and Activities at 9, all on the KCB Conference Line. On August 5, the KCB PR Membership Committee will meet at 8 p.m. on the Conference Line. On July 6, ACB Lions will hold their next conference call at 9 p.m., and the number to call is 712-432-3900, and the code is 796-096. On August 7, GLCB will hold its Friday activities. On August 8, the GLCB board will meet at 11 a.m. on the conference line. And on August 10, the Bluegrass Council of the Blind will hold its next community outing from 5 to 6.30 p.m. in Lexington. The location is yet to be announced. On August 11, the Bluegrass Council of the Blind Board will meet from 9 to 10.30 at the BCB office. On August 11, the Support Alliance of the Visually Impaired will hold its monthly meeting from 1 to 3 p.m. at the Wing Avenue Baptist Church at 628 Wing Avenue in Owensboro. Contact Rick Bogus at 270-684-4418 or Bill Roberts at 270-485-8170 for more information. On August 13, the Northern Kentucky Council of the Blind has its next monthly meeting. It's at 7 p.m. and the number to call is 605 The code is 155619. On August 14 and 15, KCB invites you to our Crossroads Leadership Conference to be held in Louisville at the United Crescent Hill Ministries, 150 South State Street. Hotel reservations for those coming in from out of town can be made at the Ramada Inn on Zorn Avenue. For more information, give KCB a call at 502-895-4598. And on August 16 is the next meeting of the Kentucky School for the Blind Alumni Association at 8 p.m. on the conference line. Page 6.
6: of the awards committee the co-chair of the awards committee and certainly my pleasure to uh, give to you present to you this next award the james r olson distinguished service service award is given to individuals who made important contributions which have advanced opportunities for the blind community this award can be given to an individual or an organization This lady celebrated her 90th birthday on the 2nd of July of this year. And her devotion to her blind friends. And Dan Dillon, you kind of spoke my thunder on this one, but my notes say let's all sing happy birthday and congratulate Dorothy Dot Taylor. And visually impaired individual, July 10th, 2015, Dallas, Texas. Congratulations. Oh, I'm a little slow now, nice. Yes. <laughs> uh, usually
2: I'm not at a loss for words, but uh, this is about more than I can handle. Uh, James Austin, I met when he came to Memphis to
3: uh, vote. And one of the first people I met when I joined ACB
2: and started with this wonderful group. And I really appreciate the honor. I didn't know when you got old you got so many honors, but this is outstanding. Thank you very much.
6: A moment, one flower can wake a dream. One tree can start a forest, one bird can herald a spring. One smile begins a friendship, one hand clasp lifts a soul. One star can guide a ship at sea, one word can frame a goal. One voice can speak with wisdom, one heart can know it's true. One life can make a difference. That difference starts with you.
0: If you have questions about the Kentucky Council of the Blind or need information on resources for people with vision loss, call us at 502-895-4598 or email us at kcb at dot com.